0: You have a thief. A thief cometh not, but to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me see a a show of hands. Who has ever in their lifetime, not stolen, we don't want 100%, who has ever in their lifetime had something stolen from you? I mean, look at that. So you know about the thief. You know how they work. You know what it feels like to have something taken from you. Most likely you've never seen it again. Gone. So the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. Thief simply means take it away. Take it away by stealth. I mean a thief doesn't clumber into your house, it's stealth. Either you're not home or it's so quiet, you usually don't have a clue until maybe you want it and need it, and it's not there. Like what? It might dawn on you a week later. So now it says this, Genesis 3.1, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. I don't know if we believe this, which the Lord hath made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Now that word subtle, this is the enemy of your soul, your life. More subtle than any other. It means shrewd crafty sly you don't even know what's going on you got to understand this you don't have might against the enemy in your own your own ability your own strength you can't match him in the supernatural on your own genesis 3 2 says this and a woman said unto the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden God had said, you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. And here comes the serpent, and he says what? Oh, you shall not surely die. Without even knowing it, he's twisted her and flipped her. Of course, you know the story. She goes and takes Adam also. So now we've got to understand, look what 2 Corinthians eleven three says. But I fear, Paul said to the Corinthians, Christians at Corinth, the Corinthian church, I fear lest by, look, what does it say? Any means. Any means. Even things that aren't true. Things that maybe you never did, never said, never done. He'll take any means to try to shipwreck the other person or yourself or a church. By any means, as the serpent beguiled Eve, through his subtlety, so your minds, your minds, my mind, today, now, not way back then, now, should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. And again, that word beguiled means to deceive. It happens to us. I've looked at people. And said, I've never said that. It happens to us even now, in our church, in our lives. The enemy gets in there and stirs and throws the smut all over, spins you around, and you're like, "What's going on?" Matthew says, "Another parable put he forth unto them, saying." The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. Sowed good seed. It's not out goofing around, buying the cheap stuff, winging it, whatever. Buying good seed. But while the man slept, the enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then also paired the the tares. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst not thou sow good seed in the field? How do we have all these weeds? So the servants probably getting up saying, What weeds? I put nothing but good seed. He's so subtle. I have poured the word of God in my children's heart. What do you mean, weeds? I've tried my very best every time to present the word of God. What? What? No, that's not true. 28 says it all. And he said unto me, The enemy has done this. You have an enemy. This church has an enemy. I have an enemy. You and I have been ripped off by the thief. I can remember way back when we were building this church, there was $400 worth of toll stolen right out of a truck, on site, front of our noses, locked up. Years ago, I had a lawnmower taken right out of my garage. Taken right out of my garage. Didn't know it. The grass grew. I went to get the lawnmower. Gas can. Where's the lawnmower? Gone. More subtle. Things have been stolen from you. You're unaware of. So I've been ripped off. One of the coolest cars I had. When I was dating Ruth, 64 Chevy Supersport, 327, two-door, awesome. Stolen 12 noon in a parking lot. 12 noon, not night, noon. Noon where things like that don't happen. Noon where somebody has to see it. No one saw it, never got it back. Stolen. Ripped off. Now look, listen to me. Satan doesn't want your credit cards. You don't have to go, oh, I still have it. He doesn't want it. Listen, Satan doesn't use credit. He doesn't. He doesn't need your money. He doesn't use money. He doesn't need your car. He gets around without one. He don't need your possessions. He doesn't want your house. He doesn't live in a house. But you are being ripped off. So Satan isn't interested in cars, money, clothing, tools, earrings, heirlooms, whatever you want to say. Your investments. He could care less about that stuff. He's very interested in stealing your spiritual investments, your spiritual treasures that your heavenly Father has given you. And some of you might be sitting there right now going, I don't have any. That's right. Because it's stolen. Because my God doesn't make, create save anybody and not use them. He doesn't do that. He doesn't. Spiritual treasures are things that have value with God and are of spiritual significance, can make such an impact on our dying nation. And God says, no problem. I'll equip my church. Then the thief comes. Take example. Example, what's the purpose of your life? What's your purpose? Oh, I'll just go pick names that I think won't yell at me. Jerry will say, a farmer. Chase, a teacher. Now, that's not your purpose. It has been so stolen, so sneakily, so long ago that you think your purpose is a truck driver. Or to take care of your wife. Satan has robbed us of our purpose and our calling. Every one of you are called. In America, we think, well, the pastor's called. Or else, no, he's just got a job. You vote him in, you vote him out. Most churches, that's, that's the way it is but do you understand no you are called therefore you have spiritual gifts given by your heavenly father to use for his purpose every one of you so if you're sitting there going i don't do i don't i don't know what to do i I don't do, I like the church, yeah, I like pastor. I don't do it. Then you've been robbed. So long ago, now that you don't even maybe think or, or consider it. Listen, 2 Timothy 1.9 says this, Who hath saved us, and he did, right? Christ saved you. Who hath saved us and called us. Not just pastors, not just Joe, called us. Not a truck driver or a teacher, He's called us with an holy calling. every one of us. Just like David, we're out there not hitting on all cylinders with God, sometimes lining up with the wrong group of people, having our spiritual blessings ripped and robbed, some of us not even knowing it, or that we even had any. I'm not a good speaker. I'm not a good this, I'm not a good that, I'm not good with children. Holy calling, you know what that means? That's a sacred, listen to this, that's a sacred invitation. We've had a couple weddings this year. You know, and just the way it is, just part of it. Well, I can't go. I got we're going to a wedding. Well, who's getting married? Oh, so, and so, Oh, man, we didn't get an invitation. So you don't go. That's what invitations are for, right? Did you get an invitation? Yeah. Okay. We're inviting you to the fall festival, and we're giving you a meal, and we can tell you're invited by bringing your ticket. Because it tells us how much food to have. No ticket, no food. You ain't invited. All you gotta do is sign a paper to get one, and it costs nothing. So you understand, this is an invitation from Almighty. That's what I'm talking about, not silly dinner. Almighty God in heaven says, send, send him an invitation. A holy calling, a sacred one. He's mine. I got a job for him. And that's what calling means. It's a vocation. You truck driving, bless your heart, to make money, to take care of the great family God has given you. That's not your purpose. That's not your purpose. Revelations 2.4 says this. Here's where we get robbed. Starting to get robbed of all these things. Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee because you've left your first love. Maybe you're not missing, church. Most likely you start to. But maybe you're not. And you're falling out of love. And most of the time, sometimes we don't even know it. Because you know The setup of the service as well as I do. Opening prayer, you got to get ready. First song, Wayne's a-coming. After Wayne, some more music. After music, whoever's speaking. After speaking, altar call. After altar call, Sunday chicken. You know it as well as me. the truth. And all of a sudden, the Lord says, I have somewhat against thee because thou hast left thy first love. Those are sobering words. That word nevertheless, which means despite all that, everything that Jesus has done, he took in all the good that the Ephesian church had did, and he said those words, you don't love me anymore. Being robbed of it. And you'd swear, I know salvation, I believe in it, but sometimes we just lose it. What's David doing in an army? Listen, he's still handpicked of God to be king and to lead this army that he's marching against and arguing about wanting to stay in that army to do his job and defeat the Israelites. David. David, marching against the people of God, called of God to be the king of the people he's marching against. What? Would you say he was robbed? You say he's lost his calling? David, a slap in the face going to make him come back? Jesus screams that words. you don't love me anymore. That's what the thief is after. Because it's love that motivates you. It's love that makes you look out at 6 o'clock at night and there's two inches of snow on. And you're like, eh, hey, we're going. It's love that tells the friends or guests or whatever, 630, 640, we're going to church. Sorry, it's a great thing. You're welcome to come. It's love. In a way smaller sense, it's love that makes you hang in there with your wife or your wife with your husband when everything is wrong. Maybe you can't find work. You can't do anything right. It's love that makes them hang in there when they shouldn't. So it's love So he's stealing your calling. You are called to love Christ first. You are. Every one of you. And listen, it's a high calling. Listen, it's a sacred invitation, invitation from his father. Love my son, please. Send it out to them. And you got it in the mail. And you opened it. It's from Heavenly Father. He wants to steal your calling in His church. Some of you are supposed to be, supposed to be working with children. Uh, listen, you can ask them all, all the heads of all the ministries. Nobody came to me and said, preach a whopper on that stuff, will you? No one. No one. So don't trip into that stuff. But you're supposed to be working, sweating, and crying, Children's Ministry, whether it's out there where Gary is, or right here, actually both. You're called. You're called, handpicked, and given an invitation, and equipped by God. And we sit there and we're going, "Well, I don't, I don't think I, well, I can't do that. Me mean, kids, I don't even get along with kids." You've been robbed. Touched of God to do it. And you're sitting there thinking, nah. She's like David. Touched of God. And David's going, man, we'll we'll slice them in pieces. Come on. Philistines say, hey, Hebrew, get out of here. No, I'm on your side, man. I hate them. I spit on them. They're like, get him out. The world knew. (laughs) The world knew. The world. Is asking us. So some of you, if not all of us, are called to work in children's ministry, children's programs. I don't, whatever. I'm not lining anything out. I'm just saying. Called of God to do so. Many of you have been blessed with the gift of helps. Is that a made up term? Miracle, faith, power, prophecy, tongues, interpretation. Did I just make one up? Helps. Coming alongside. I'll help you. I'll be an aid to you. I'll be extra feet, extra hands, extra mind, extra money. I'll help. 1 Corinthians 12, 28 says, And God had set some in the church, first apostles, secondary prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, gifts of healings, and helps. Now I have a feeling that Mr. Maul was coming up here saying, Help! Are you? Have you been robbed? helps. Plural. Not, uh, I'm overtaxed. I'm an usher. Helps. What, what, am I, what I'm trying to get you to understand is Being active in the army of God is the only thing that keeps you right. However it is. However God calls you. But you can't sit there and say you're not called. That's not true. It's just not. And listen, if the enemy can take that group out, the group of helps Ruth and I are done. We're done. We're done. We might as well find the white flag, Run it up. We can't do it. We can't. It's way beyond us. Helps. That's a calling. It's an invitation sent from God. God saying, this one, this one will be an awesome servant of God. He will aid. He will help. Look, and I, we're dumb. We just are because we think, well, man, if I'm not a pastor and secondary this. No, I think if you are called to help and you do your helps until God takes you back, you, you be front line. Uh, excuse me, Pastor. Yeah, you did preach good. Sorry. And the Lord says, yeah, come on in. You did everything I asked you to do. It's the truth. That's not baloney. I'm going to get cross-examined by everything I've said from up here. How would you like to be behind me in that line? God takes those people out. And he does, the enemy does, because he robs them of their calling, sacred calling. I'm too busy, I don't have enough time. Oh, I have these children. Where do them children come from? They come from God. So God gave you children so you could quit helping his children. No, it's as bad as David. The next group. Those that are to sing for the Lord. Those that are to lead us in worship. Those that lead us in the praise and the glory of God. Whether you sing by yourself, whether you sing with all, whether you're included, you can't play a lick, but you can belt it out. Calling. It's a gift from God. It's a gift. I mean, we could stick a microphone in the first seven people, and this we'll find out if they got the gift. Right? Uh, thank you, Teresa. But <laughs> is it it's a gift? Where's gifts come from? They come from above. They come from God. To be used by God, anointed by God, to make an impact. Demons will flee. Someone who just comes up with their heart and sings for the glory of God. Worship. Praise. Whoever. to aids in bringing the presence of God. Are you going to sit on it? Not? You don't want to? 1 Samuel 16, 14 says, But the Spirit of the Lord departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, Behold now, an evil spirit from God troubled thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to speak, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on the harp, And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit comes from God upon thee. Then he shall play with his hand. And thou shalt be well. Just from singing a song. When a lot of you get in tough little spots, I try to send you that song. He's been faithful. Faithful to me. It does something. It's wind under your wings. You barely could, who knows what you're going through? Who knows what song puts on someone's heart and they come up or they sing and they build it out. And it's like God going, Fly, fly, my son, fly in the heavenlies. You worship. Actual person singing or the group have, have no clue. Thou shalt be well. That means you feel better. Worship. A lot of times I tell you, get your worship music out. Whether you want to bless it, whether you want to cry in front, whatever, get it out. It helps you stay in your right mind. Worship, singing. It brings peace to the embattled mind. Uh, What a week. And you come in and someone sings a song. And you're just lost in it. If they haven't sat on it. Or said. Whatever. Now let's go back to David. Ding dong. Marching against the people of God holy mackerel. I mean, you think of it. Think of David's life. Even the Philistines, when they're marching with them, they're saying, oh, wait up. Wait up. Do you remember that song that this guy sang? Saul killed his thousand. David killed his ten thousand. Get that bum out of here. That was his song. It was a hit. Made a lot of sense. To the Philistines. So now we go back to David. Now he's cast out. Ziglag's burned. All their loved ones. Everything they've worked for. Everything they loved is gone. Out. Gone. However you want to think. Kids are out. Backslidden. Marriage. Gone. Whatever you want to put in that place where you are. Verse 4. 1 Samuel 30. And David and the people that were with him. It's no small thing. Lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. That's some grief. That's some heartache. That's a destitute group weeping until they can't weep no more. Hours of heaving and crying. So what's the enemy stolen from you? What calling? Your children? Singing? Working with the children? Helps? I could do that. Think it's, you dismiss it, unimportant? Well, apparently it was important enough to make the book of books. I mean what's Gary gonna do without help over there? I mean just like one call for a helper in a nursery. I know we filled it, I'm thankful for that. But what are we gonna do in a nursery if no one helps? What are we gonna do? This band helps. It doesn't get paid. It helps. What would we do? Look, we can't outsmart Satan. said that a while back. But we can overcome him with the power of Jesus. I believe probably everybody's been robbed. Maybe a lot of you don't know it. Maybe a lot of you don't believe it. Go look for your lawnmower. Listen, when I looked for my lawnmower and it wasn't there and I put it in the same place all the time, I didn't believe it. I started walking around, looking on the other side of the car. Then I walked around outside, looking around the garage. What the heck could I have done with that lawnmower? I didn't even believe it was stolen. So David says in verse 7, David said to Abiathar, the priest, Amalek's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiar, Abathar brought thither the ephod to David. That's, that's how they got the word of God back then. You have the word now. This is where you get your directions. That's what David was looking for. I don't know, something happened from marching against. Maybe it was a good two by four upside the head when he came and saw Zigglag destroyed. His wife, his family, his children, everything gone. All his belongings, from a card to a pick to a whatever, gone. Nothing but smoking. Maybe he went, oh God. And then he said to his friend, get me the word, get me the word of God. And David inquired at the Lord saying, shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I pursue After this good-for-nothing thief, Lord, shall I overtake him? And the Lord answered him and said, Pursue. Now listen, this is your part. Listen to the rest. Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail you'll recover all. Everything that you should have been doing. Everything that you used to do everything that you didn't know you were supposed to do, God said, pursue it. Pursue my calling. You'll overtake them and you'll recover all. Now that's God's recovery plan. For all of you. God gave David something to do, just like you pursue it go for it if you sit there like (laughs) and walk away you're not going to get nothing David with his hand on his word Lord should I pursue And the Lord one word pursue you will overtake him and you will recover all you didn't see any time limit on there did you you didn't see God say, so Pursue for 24 hours and you'll get it all and you'll be happy. You swing in your hammock again, suck your lemonade. No. God didn't tell many of that. He simply says, God gave David something to do. He said, Pursue. Then God gave David a promise in doing that. He said, You'll overtake them without fail. Without fail, you'll recover all. And if you fail, you've stopped pursuing. When you get to heaven, you can stick your finger in the face of God and say, God! I don't, that's scary even to doing it here, trying to make a point for God. Without fail, you recover all. When God gives us something to do, He also gives us a promise. And God says, you pursue it and your promises, you will recover all. Go after what the enemy has deceived you or you misunderstood or you were told a lie or whatever it is. You were left for dead. Your husband dumped. Whatever it is. You are marching with the wrong because you weren't plumbed correctly by the word of God. Or you're so much without hope. It's been so long. But I'm telling you, God says you will recover everything. Listen, that God has given you and has invited you with a sacred, holy calling for you to do and accomplish for him. If you blew it, ran from it, a Jonah, God says, I'll give it back. If you pursue, you'll overtake and you'll recover it all. If you work for me. You get out of that army and you get back. That's what we used to do in the military. You had to skip, skip, get back and step. You start marching again with God's army. David was going to fight against them. It's insane to think that. That's how bad the enemy can swing us around, flip us around. We start fighting against the very thing. supposed to love and die for so maybe it's your joy the enemy's stolen can be maybe it's your peace maybe it's your confidence the song God put in your heart how about this one maybe it's your courage the enemy's scared. <laughs> he just can't do it. I just can't. No, no, God says you pursue. You go after it, and you'll recover all. God, will give you back that courage, that boldness. You'll be belting it out for God again. You'll be working for the Lord again. You'll be in step again. Pursue. Pursue it, and without fail, listen to the words before you stand. Without fail, you'll recover all. Those are the words of the Lord, not mine. So as you're motivated to move today by coming to the altar, maybe you're going to say, Lord, here's my first step to pursuing Stop the screaming in your ear. Stick your fingers in, because everything will be gnashing at you like Stephen with their teeth to keep you down. The last thing the enemy wants is for you to fall back in love and start humming on eight cylinders, working for the Lord, strengthening the ministry, your family, your marriage, your children. The last thing he wants. He wants to keep you walking with the enemy. Back in the rear. Let's stand. the message has touched you, stirred you somewhere, please, please move upon it. Don't dismiss it. Don't wait. So as they dim the lights, play some music, Make your move for God. Make your move. If you've got to stick your fingers in your ears, the person beside you say, no, don't go for it. Say, excuse me. I've got to go. I've got to go talk to God. Do it. Do it now.